Good evening, everybody, and welcome into Warchant TV for another Warchant Town Hall. Tonight, we're talking with the head man from Seminole Boosters. It is Stephen Ponder, the president and CEO of Seminole Boosters. My name is Tom Lang. Managing editor Iris Schofel will be driving much of the proceedings tonight with the questions he is asking of Mr. Ponder. But uh, first of all, before we get going, Ira, good evening. How are you? I'm glad to be here, Tom. It feels like uh, we see each other all the time, but I'm glad to be here. This is a little special, a little more special than our normal conversations. It is very much so. And to the man of the hour, uh, good evening, Stephen. How are you tonight? I'm doing great. I appreciate the uh, y'all having me on, and uh, it's great to see you. So tonight, again, the format is going to be, for those of you that are just joining us, uh, feel free to file in, hit that thumbs up at the bottom of the video. It's a town hall format. We're going to be asking some questions from ourselves, the staff side, myself, Iris Chaffel, uh, for a block period of time. There are questions that have already been prepared on the Warchant.com Tribal Council. These are Warchant.com members and subscribers who have provided questions for Stephen Ponder about what's going on right now these days with some of the booster and some of the major projects. Uh, and then finally, questions from those of you here on Warchant TV. So if you have questions, put those in the live chat, whether you're on YouTube or you're on Facebook or X, Director Ben behind the scenes will be grabbing those and we will present those all to the CEO and president of Seminole Booster, Stephen Ponder. Before we get going tonight, uh, we lost a legend today in the old community. Uh, Mike Martin uh, has passed away at the age of 79. If you're just joining us and you don't know that news that happened earlier today, uh, Ira has offered his thoughts here on Warchant TV. I've had a chance to do the same. But Stephen, if you'd like to weigh in on um, what, a, what a presence Mike Martin was for Florida State Athletics, and what you knew and how you got to know uh, all about Mike Martin in your time here in Tallahassee. I appreciate it. Yeah. I, and, and as you said, I, I didn't get to work with coach Martin, but I did meet him on several occasions and, you know, in talking to former players, uh, fans, boosters, everybody, I mean, he's just, you know, I said it uh, earlier today to somebody that if we could all be remembered like coach Martin is that, I think that's a great goal because he just touched so many lives. He impacted people way beyond baseball. Clearly, he's a legend in the sport, but beyond that, and I, you know, I tweeted this, he's just an icon in our community. Uh, the former players that I have talked to, I mean, he meant so much to them. It's like he raised them and, and helped them become men, fathers, husbands, uh, you know, leaders, and uh, you know, just a, an impactful person, uh, has a great family, you know, Mike Martin Jr. as well, and a, and a great history and tradition with uh, Florida State baseball, the entire Martin family. So. For all of us, we just you know appreciate everything that, that they have done and meant to Florida State baseball. Uh, Coach Martin, you know Mike Martin Jr. Uh, and just the entire family. So our hearts to go out to the family, but we will have a celebration, uh, you know, upcoming, and there'll be an announcement about that. But uh, and we expect to have a you know a full house when that happens. So uh, again, just my hats off to Coach Martin for uh, just everything he meant to Florida State. And we extend that as well here at Warchant.com, our sincerest condolences to the Martin family. Uh, as to the the business of the night, uh, Stephen, I just wanted to give you a broad question to start, and then Ira will uh, add quite a few from there. Uh, but if you could tell us about Doak Renovations, uh, the purpose behind it, the progress report, uh, what went into the thinking of, the execution of, and, and where are we now with what's happening at Doak Campbell Stadium? Sure. You know, the first thing is this is a this is a hard project, hard project for a lot of reasons. It's hard for everybody that's a season ticket holder. It's a hard it's hard for everybody who has an emotional tie to Doak Campbell Stadium, because, you know, as I've talked to folks, it's not just like immediate families. It's people who've sat together that have become families. Uh, my grandfather used to take me to the games, my father. Uh, and so first off, that's that's kind of the 
you know, the heart and soul of this whole thing is it's not easy. Um, however, you know, our job at, at Seminole Boosters is to support Florida State Athletics and, and, and uh, from a financial standpoint. And so, you know, we've got a balance there of what we're, we're trying to give Florida State Athletics the best opportunity to compete and win championships. So, you know, with that said, Florida State football, it's an elite uh, football program in our country. And part of the reason we're doing this project is we want to, you know, maintain that, but also following, you know, Coach Norvell, continue the climb. And, uh, you know, we dipped for a little bit. We're on the way back. And this is a necessary project for us as we move forward because the Dunlap Football Center is also under construction with Doak Campbell Stadium. And the two of those combined uh, for football, the way that we are funding those projects, they're, they're intertwined. And so we're fundraising, um, traditional fundraising for this, but we're also, from a seating standpoint, seat products, uh, annual funds, all of that combined is helping us fund the entire athletics program, not just football. So, you know, why are we doing this right now? Doe Campbell Stadium needs work. You know, the facility is, uh, needs attention, um, you know, by adding in uh, handrails, widening seats, that would necessitate a seat change regardless of what seat products we put in. Uh, but ultimately, you know, as we interviewed and surveyed fans over the last since back to you know 2020, uh, nine out of 10 said I would be in favor of changing seats, uh, upgrading uh, opportunities. Um, and we just honestly, we can't wait on time. We've got to do it now. Uh, it's something that's needed to be done for a while. But like I said, it's not an easy, easy project. But for with the end product, when we finish, I think there'll be opportunities for everyone. Um, the process we're going through is a very personal process. Like I said, not just in people's, uh, you know, their own story, but also the actual sales process we're going through, which we can talk about. Yeah, you know, I go back to, you know, I don't know, 20 years ago, there was a, they did a reseeding. Uh, mm -hmm. where they did, you know, kind of like change some things with points and how the process worked for people. And I know that was, you know, there was an uproar from some fans because again, like Florida State, this fan base, I think is, is first of all, very loyal and passionate. Right. Um, and so many of the people uh, have either, they've had the fam the tickets in their family forever. They've passed them down. And so there's that comfort level. Um, but at the same time, you know, I think a lot of people would like the idea of a better stadium and, in a, you know, everybody wants, everybody wants Wi-Fi. everybody wants chair, you know, would like to have chair backs. You like, but, it, right. but it's also like the, not my backyard thing, like right. you know, can you fix right. all this, but I want to keep my seat where it is. And I, and I, and, but that's frustrating, man. That's hard for people. And, and then also the, you know, the price aspect, um, I know the first, the way you guys have kind of gone about the process of, of trying to educate, um, the ticket holders and also sell the ticket holders is really starting at the highest levels with the, the, mm -hmm. the boxes and the loges. And then, and then you're working your way down. Where are you at now? I, I heard, you know, just talking to people, it sounded like that all went great, great reception for the, mm -hmm. the highest end donors and highest end buyers. Uh, where are you guys at now? And, and, and what is the reaction at, you know, as you go through that process? So uh, let me, um, let me back up and, and just say this, the, um, Right now, like if you if you take Doak Campbell Stadium, the west side of the stadium, we have 17,000 season tickets on the west side, 5,000 season ticket holders on that west side. So right now we've talked to um, and they're in zones like you mentioned Ira, on uh, we had zone one, zone two, zone three and and from a point priority system. Mm -hmm. So the history of everyone that has given 
the, the length of time, the amount they've given all goes into that point priority system. So uh, zone one uh, or tier one that we went through, we've talked to that group. We've talked to tier two. We've now talked to 1,750 of 3,000 season ticket holders in tier three. So we got 1,250 more to go. Um, and I would tell you that I think that at the start, because of the way we, we did this, um, throw some other stats at you because I think it's relevant. Of the 5,000 season ticket holders we have on that west side, 16% of the 5,000 own 40% of the season tickets. Okay, so we've got a you know a group of, of people who who buy you know whatever the number is, which is great, and they are either selling or giving or whatever they are with the tickets. So we can't communicate directly with those people. And so when someone comes to an appointment, and like you mentioned, like at the early on stages, we did have our zone or our, our first product was Founder Suites. We had eight of those. Uh, then we went to the Lowe's product. There were 28. We sold both of those. And then, you know, we were into the club process and it's roughly 2,100 seats. And right now we're 75% sold in those of those 2,100 seats. But early on, somebody who had not gone through the process because again, we haven't communicated with them. We don't know who they are. They've heard from someone either through social media or, you know, at the barbershop or wherever it cost me. And they threw out a number of what it was going to cost someone at one of those earlier price points. And that kind of took off from a narrative right. that, oh my gosh, the, every seat in the stadium is going to cost and I'm making up a number $50,000 or whatever. Cause that's not what it is. Um, and that made it really in the middle, pretty, pretty complicated because we weren't going to email everybody. Here's the total price points because we think it devalues the personal relationship of what we're trying to do uh, in terms of just making sure we have everybody invited to go through the preview center here in Tallahassee, or we can do a zoom and do a presentation kind of face to face. Um, and so it's gone well, uh, you know, now I think we've gotten um, enough people through that, that narrative of, you know, that's really not true has starting to take hold. Now, what is true? Yes, it's more expensive for people to sit in the stadium, but it's not exactly the same numbers that people heard originally. And so, uh, you know, we've uh, contacted, uh, like I mentioned, we've contacted 71% right now. Um, I think we've had 60% of those respond to us. So there's still 10% of people we've tried to have appointments with who have not responded. We really want them to respond because, you know, the further we go, it's hard to go back and refill. So, so far it is going well. Um, it's a slow, slow process. Um, you know, we're going to be in the sales process for at least another year. Uh, as we go through this and in, in, in being face to face, but the immediate part of the affected West sideline, I'm hopeful that we're done with that part in about three months. A couple of logistical questions for you. You just hit one there where you're hoping in three months to be done with a big portion of this project. Uh, you know, just in terms of, I, I saw today the capacity, the estimated capacity for what Doak could be this upcoming mm -hmm. football season in the fall. Uh, what are the projections that you see right now for that? And then also any logistics that you can share for the spring game itself that's coming up in about two and a half, almost three months time. Yeah, that's a good question. You know, the, the uh, 2024 season, you know, we've got a, a project for 2024 and then we've got a project for 2025 and beyond um, the spring game. Let's start there. So uh, I think it was announced that it is April the 20th. It will be in Doak. Uh, and so we're working on all those plans. Athletics is, you know, going through everything related to that. So we're going to have information sent out from athletics on spring game. We'll send it to, you know, all booster members. 
Um, I don't have specific details yet. I do know the game, you know, the, the spring showcase starts at four. Um, and so th just be on the lookout for more information, but we will be able to use both end zones. We will use part of the East stands. Obviously the West side line is, is, you know, it's being demolished right now. We'll use the suites and we'll use the champions club. So I think we'll have a, a great crowd and I think it'll pique people's interest to be able to come and watch spring sh showcase, but also check in on construction because we're also working on parts of the east side of the stadium right now as well in widening seats uh, and also uh, adding uh, handrails in the aisles and widening those aisles. So there's just a lot going around uh, on around the stadium. For 2024, we will have a reduced capacity. Uh, you know, and we've uh, you know communicated with the visiting teams uh, as well on, on those numbers. Um, and as we said, you know, in communications, everyone that was a season ticket holder in 2023 will have a seat in 2024. We're going to have about 7,000 temporary seats on that west side. We will start at the field and, and go up with those temporary seats. And then we're going to start construction for 2025. It'll start from the, you know, if you will, the back wall of the suites and come down. And so uh, we won't be able to use those, but we will use those temporary seats. Uh, we're going to be in the mid 50s for 2024 in terms of capacity. Um, but everyone, we, we will have to shift around everyone because of handrails, seat widths, and obviously the west sideline. And then we'll come back and we'll also adjust parking for 2024 because we've got construction going on on, it feels like, all sides of the stadium. And then in 2025, we'll do it again. And so we're, we're uh, in a really the next 18 months, we're going to be in a lot of change as it relates to football, parking, and seating. But I do think when we hit 2025 and we have that opener right now scheduled with Alabama in September, it's going to be a heck of a, a, a sight to see the stadium finished and um, everybody kind of get in their place again. Everybody is enamored, too, with, with taking a look at construction photos or live video so that they can check that out in the fall. Uh, for the purposes of the next few minutes, Ira, it's all yours. I'm going to back out to collect questions from the fans. So, Ira, please take the floor. Yes, thank Stephen. You um, and I appreciate you being straightforward from the beginning and 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 you know addressing the fact that a lot of this is motivated by money. I mean, you, oh, yeah. you guys, you're funding the athletic department. You guys are trying to uh, fund that football facility and also you know just keep growing the program. So so I appreciate you acknowledging that. But the but could you also talk about the functionality of this because I know that um you know the stadium's seventy years old. I think uh, uh is you know. Michael Alford said today, I think at the board of trustees meeting and um, you know, there's, I've heard things about ADA compliance and, 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 and also just the infrastructure of the stadium. Right. Was there a, was this kind of coming at the same time as we've got to do something about the stadium also? Like we're, we're two kind of thoughts kind of converging at the same time with this. Yeah, I do. I do think, I mean, look, we can, um, and I'm going to back up a second and I'll, you know, kind of tell a story, but at a previous school, I, you know, I was involved in a project like this and someone had told me, they said, well, look, just sell more seats and you'll make enough money off of concessions, hot dogs and, and drinks that you'll, you'll get the money you need. Mm -hmm. And, you know, quite frankly, that it just doesn't, you know, for us, the, the premium seats in the stadium uh, are a necessity for us to fund the project. So I'm going to just kind of throw some, some stats at you. So, Yes, we could go through the, the, the age of the stadium, the state of the, you know, the concourses, restrooms, you know, by law, if we if we address any of that and improve part of it, we got to do all of it. And so we, we've got to, you know, be smart about how when we come in and do this, 
uh, we want to address issues, but we also have to address it from a financial standpoint to make sure we can fund it. Currently, Doak Campbell Stadium has 10% uh, of its capacity is premium seats. When we finish and, uh, and open up in 2025, it'll be 13%. And so we have increased the number of premium seats, but it's really not that much in comparison to the, the balance of the stadium. But that group of 13% and what we're doing is funding, you know, roughly 80% of the total capital contributions needed, which is 50% of the project. So a lot of numbers, but just know that the, the group that is funding uh, from a capital gift standpoint related to the stadium is funding about half of the total project cost for us. And so we needed the revenue piece in order to be able to fix the some of the issues that were in Dope Campbell Stadium. And without it, we couldn't address some of those issues. So while, you know, we'd love to, like you said, we have to address it. Money is part of it. It is a, a, a necessary thing for us to improve the stadium for everyone because, you know, the West Concourse, the West um, concessions, restrooms, gates, everything on that West side is going to be brand new. And so whether people sit in premium, if you will, premium seats or new chairback seats or new bench seats, uh, they're going to enjoy the experience in the concourse, uh, et cetera, et cetera. And in the east side, the, the improvements we'll make over there, I think, will be better as well. So all of it fit together. Um, and I think, you know, it, it comes down to when you're going to fund a project like this, it's not one thing, it's all of it. So we've got private fundraising, um, the seat sales, um, and all of it to try to improve the game day experience, but also give our football program and our entire athletics department the platform it needs to compete at the highest levels. I think the, you know, the challenge, obviously when you've got, um, you know, people who have been longtime season ticket holders um, and have paid, uh, you know, probably below market value, I'm guessing, I'm guessing, you know, if I'm seeing some of the literature that uh, some other schools have had, uh, you know, higher ticket prices than Florida state has at different, different periods of time, but you're going to have to tell some, I mean, some people, they're not gonna be able to keep the same seats they had at the same price. Um, right. So that's obviously going to be a challenge. Um, what do you tell those people? I mean, is there, is, is there, are there, are there, what, how many options are there? Are there options where you can accommodate some of those people who are obviously going to have a tougher time? Yeah. And that's part of the, you know, I guess for some people have said we haven't been very transparent relative to trying to give the entire seating options. And, and again, that was intentional because we want to go sell the next product and then go on sale with the next one and then the next one instead of letting people just choose down the line. But ultimately, we're going to have more than 10 different pricing options for for seating. Um, currently, we're at three different options. So, you know, we're going at least more than 10 different options. Um, and I do think there's going to be a seating pricing option for everyone that's relative to what they paid last year. But as I you know, tell everybody and I've spoken to groups, People may not like what I'm saying, but I'm just going to be as straightforward as I can be. And we are, people are going to have to move because that West side is completely different. Right. Um, and so they may have to move up or over, uh, but there will be options from a pricing and seats available because season ticket holders are getting the first shot at this. You know, a couple of things that I've heard, you know, through, through the grapevine is, as you would imagine, we do get a couple of letters written to us or emails about this. And so, you know, one of the things is that we've sold the, the if you will, the founder suites or founders lows to, to new corporations and, and not to, if you will, boosters or Florida state people, which isn't true because 
everybody that we've sold to so far, they've been longtime, you know, Seminole Booster members, season ticket holders. They've been in the process. They're not new. Um, and so we've gone through that process uh, intentionally that you mentioned from the start that people who've supported for a long time. And, um, you know, the, the, the question about, um, you know, kind of if we ultimately do we care about this and do we have an answer for people who have to move? And that's the hardest question to answer because I'm not trying to sell someone on me being right or them accepting this. I'm just, the facts are we have to do this. Uh, and this is the path that we chose to do this for Florida State Athletics. And now let's just talk about the best options for everyone. And I know it hurts some people. And I mean, you know, some of the conversations I've had with different people from, I, I can recollect one right now from a, a, a son and mom from Live Oak and uh, their teachers. And they were just talking about, you know, where are they going to fit in this? And so um, that part is hard. But I think as, as we go through this next year, uh, a couple of things. We're going to get to know our, our booster season ticket holders very, very well, which is awesome. In my opinion, you get to know people very well, but also I think everyone will be able to see, not that they'll agree with it, but they'll see that there are more options. And so um, I, I think it, it's just going to take us a little bit of time to get through there. On the, uh, you know, when you, when you look at, I guess, just the, the, the long-term benefits of this, um, Will there be other opportunities to use that stadium? One thing that's always, I mm -hmm. think, people don't realize is that if you look at the athletic budget for Florida State Athletics, um, so much of it comes out of those seven Saturdays or six Saturdays. Right. I mean, so much of the revenue for the athletic department comes from game days. Um, are there going to be other ways to use the stadium that can bring in more money and, and provide better things for the community um, yes. than it has been in the past? Yeah, and I think if you hear, you know, uh, Michael Alford speak and, you know, he, he talks about this and, you know, President McCullough has talked about it as well, but, you know, Tallahassee as a, uh, a destination for concerts because where we are located uh, on the concert circuit, uh, currently there are some issues with Doak Campbell where we can't host. One of those is with the, if you will, the elephant doors to get trucks in to unload and load uh, equipment for, for big concerts. We've had some concerts in recently, but mm -hmm. to large scale, we're addressing that with uh, in this construction to be able to get, uh, you know, semis in to load up for a concert. And we do want to have other events beyond concerts that, that the stadium can hold uh, and serve the community. I think it's part of our mission is to be that for this community uh, and, and honestly to help us drive revenue, no doubt. But but I think, you know, Doak Campbell Stadium is more than football and it hasn't really operated that way lately, but it can be. And that's our goal to use it for other things. Are you concerned at all? And one of the things I, you know, uh, we, if you've lived in Tallahassee for any period of time or been around the program, you know that, you know, season ticket sales and demand very much goes with wins and losses. Mm -hmm. And, and so right now this is probably a good time to be doing a project like this as good a time as any, because, you know, obviously the team went 13 and 0 last year right. before the, the snub. And then, you know, coach Norvell's, position to, to do really well. Um, are you concerned at all about the lean times and, and, and you're going to have this bond where you're going to be paying this off for a period of time? Um, is that baked into it? Is, you know, the, those ebbs and flows or, or does, you so, know, if there's any you, a down yeah, season, what does that do? Yeah. Sorry. I was, I was saying, can you see the gray hair I got? <laughs> 
Um, look, it, it is a real thing you got to think about, right? But but ultimately, part of what we're reason we're doing this is we, we're trying to protect ourselves from the downtimes. And, you know, it, this, this does not guarantee it. Facilities don't guarantee it. As you mentioned, Coach Norvell does a great job. Our student athletes, uh, you got great kids, all of our coaches, you know, providing them the opportunity. So the recipe is that we want to do everything that was within our control to try to guard against downtimes. And that's providing resources. That's providing an experience uh, for our student athletes, for season ticket holders. So, you know, um, yes, you always worry about it because you can't control what a football does on the field. Um, but we're trying to control what we can control and give our coaches and, and everybody the opportunity, um, you know, to compete. And, you know, and Florida State's proven it. I mean, Coach Bowden, you know, like I'm looking in this thing, the Coach Bowden's the Bowden Society photo there in the in the in the background for me of Coach Bowden. I mean, he did it for 14 years. I mean, that's really unprecedented. And you know, obviously, there's been some others recently that have had great stretches. There's going to be downtimes for every team in the country, but what we're trying to do is mitigate that. And just like I said, we're an elite program. We're going to remain elite, an elite program, and uh, that's what our plans are for the future. I think Tom's going to come back here in a second with some of the the questions from the from the members and from the chat. But um, one you you talked earlier about the football facility and, and how that funding is mm -hmm. tied between the two. Uh, can you talk a little bit more about that? The football facility. So basically, both projects are ongoing at the same time. They're they're uh, building the football facility on the practice fields that area right. while they're renovating Doak. Um, and I know you guys raised a big portion of the money for the football facility, but right. some of the funding is coming from this as well. Yeah. So, um, and when we, you know, cause both projects and you asked this earlier, but Doe Campbell stadium renovation has been talked about for a long time. The football facility was, you know, talked about, but not as long, but it's, you know, it's started, I think in 2017 or 16. And, um, but for us, you know, we have fundraised for, uh, you know, the Dunlap football center and gotten, you know, some very generous donors to help us with that. But then last year or a year and a half ago, we created the Bowden society, which is intended to help us from a facility standpoint. And so, um, the, the idea is, and what we're doing is, um, over our history, we've averaged about 50 gifts of 50,000 or more, um, each year that goes to a facility gift. Uh, so we created the Bowden Society to try to get 200 per year. And the minimum gift level is $10,000. Uh, it's above and beyond tickets. And all of that money, unless someone designates it for another sport, is going to help us to fund the Dunlap Football Center. And so we're trying to privately fundraise as much as possible for the Dunlap Football Center. But we are taking the pro forma for the Dunlap Football Center and Doak Campbell Stadium together. And all of that money combined will pay the debt service on both. And again, we're going to always privately fundraise as much as we can to lower what we have to borrow or pay back. And so they're helping each other right now because we need the football facility, as you mentioned, to mitigate the, the risk of, if you will, lean times. But at the same time, we need the football stadium and the revenue associated with it to fund both projects. So that, that's how we structured it. And, um, you know, I think they go hand in hand. So we have some questions now from uh, warchant.com members first, and we'll pull the first one up on the screen. If you have questions in the chat right now here on Warchant TV, first of all, file those in on Facebook or YouTube or X, and we will star those and we'll get to them as time allows. First one is from Tennis Up. Stephen, he says, what excites you the most about the new football only facility? And with the new firm, are there any additions or subtractions 
from the original plans? Yeah, I would say, you know, the um, college football has grown. You know, I mean, when when the Moore Center was built, uh, the staff size of college football, um, the training, everything that, that happens, it's just different than it used to be. And what I think what excites me the most is allowing all of our teams, because it doesn't impact just football. It allows all of our teams to be able to be like, OK, let me let me get in my space and let's get after this. And uh, with with a new weight room, with uh, the, the different, um, again, technology and the way they're going to practice and the way they're going to use facility, I think it just takes our football program um, and, and gives them some tools they didn't have. You know, there's no doubt that the basics, blocking and tackling and hard work, I mean, our, our program is built on it and it's been built on it. That's true. Uh, but I think I'm excited about seeing how this program grows into this facility. Um, and then the Moore Center, we're going to backfill that with, uh, you know, basically our other teams that will be able to utilize it. The weight room's already been expanded for them and updated. So it impacts our entire athletics program. Um, that's what I'm most excited about is just seeing the growth of all our programs, um, specifically on the, the contractor. Uh, nothing's been changed. Uh, you know, they came in, Whiting Turner came in and, you know, within a week they saw the plans, hit the th ground running. We interviewed a couple of firms, uh, all of them very, very well qualified. Uh, but the one we chose, they've got experience building this uh, and they've put out a schedule that, you know, they're going to meet so uh, that we uh, wanted them to meet to be ready for the, the kickoff in the 2025 season, the stadium and the football facility. So, I mean, they've, they've hit the ground running literally from a week from the time we said go, they put up fences and they've started working. So I'm excited to, you know, go over there and, and see that progress as well. The second question's kind of already been answered. The first part of it, uh, Jerry mm -hmm. San, uh, Santana or Jerry Santa wants to know, uh, when is the expected date of the completion of the football-only facility? You just answered that. The, the goal is to be before kickoff of 2025. Are there any other major projects that FSU will be considering in the future? <laughs> Do you have enough on your plate already, I think, is what, is what he's asking. Yeah. Yeah. I, yeah. I mean, I would tell you that, uh, you know, Michael and I talk uh, quite a bit, and, you know, our entire university as far as just planning, because there's a ton of construction going on at Florida State, athletics aside, you know, um, because the school's growing and, and, um, but yeah, we, we do have, uh, just a list and, you know, specifically like elevate champions that we announced, um, last fall with Gabby Reese as our spokesperson, it's a, a concerted effort to fundraise for women's athletics. And, you know, in addition to our women's athletics teams, every other team, you know, in addition to football, from a, a men's standpoint, we've looked at every pro, uh, every sport and like, what do we need from a facility master plan? And we definitely have plans, you know, that we're working through on all of those sports, um, you know, but we're not ready to necessarily announce those tonight. But just know, you know, somebody asked me yesterday, when you finish with the football facility and Doug Campbell stadium, are you going to be able to like stop and breathe? And I was like, well, you haven't been around athletics very long because we don't do that. You know, back to your point, we're going to keep going. And so we'll announce those whenever we're, you know, Michael's ready for us to talk about what is next, but you know, there's a lot of planning that goes in, not just uh, the, the uh, you know, the facility planning, but also from a financial standpoint, support and et cetera, because we want to get these things underway and, and going. And, uh, but we definitely have other, other facilities we want to work on. It's if I could, go ahead. Oh, go ahead. No, you go ahead, Tom. Uh, well, it's a different question. So if you want to follow up, I'd say go. I for was it. actually going to go back to the, the question before about the football only facility. And, yeah. and I'm just going to make a comment. Steven, you can follow up if you want. You don't feel like you have to, unless I'm wrong. But, uh, you know, I think a lot, there's a perception with the football only facility 
that that the Dunlap Center that it's about recruiting and these shiny buildings is all about um, you know fashion over function and, and really what you were saying I think is is the part that I don't think people really mm-hmm. uh, maybe the media hasn't done a good job of selling or explaining to people. But if you go in the football offices right now, I mean, that space is basically the space that they had when Coach Bowden was there. Mm-hmm. And now you've added, you know, more assistant coaches are legal now. All right. these analysts now, you've got legal, you've got scouting department. I don't even – we're not up there anymore as, as much as I used to get up there a little bit, but I don't even know where you're putting people. So that's a part of it also. Plus, I think like the, uh, the training in terms of rehab and all those facilities, haven't those been – Florida State's needed to improve those for a while, right? I mean, there's a lot of function to this. Yeah, and it's uh, and I, I agree with you. I mean, and look, there is no doubt that recruiting is part of this. You know, you can't say it's not, but it is. But the functionality of um, the training methods, the uh, the technology available today, it's just different. Um, you know, whether it's virtual reality and, you know, people are, you know, the kids are training with that uh, from a quarterback standpoint or what have you. Uh, weight room. I mean, you can put a weight room out in the, you know, outside and it's a weight room, but at the same time, this one's going to be connected to the indoor facility. So, you know, our strength coaches, they can be in the weight room, have the kids, they'll be in the, in the uh, indoor facility and utilize that space more than we currently do. So uh, nutrition, uh, you know, we got plans for, and we're going to have the nutrition will be uh, uh, from the fig will be at the Moore center, but we got plans to expand that. Um, but inside the football facility specifically, as you mentioned, the the uh, sports medicine area, totally different. Um, and so, yes, it's beyond just the flash that's needed. It's also just space. I mean, um, you know, you think back to, like you said, on the, uh, the number of analysts that we have. I mean, 15 years ago, recruiting departments didn't exist. Right. But now you've got full recruiting departments, not just for high school, but you're recruiting the portal, high school, your own locker room. I mean... It's, it's a different game than it was in, in terms of staff sizes. Next question. I believe we have an east side season ticket holder here, hoping, wondering, Panama City, Noel, will the east side have seats with backs? <laughs> Is that in the cards in the uh, medium or, or long term? Yeah, it's a good question. Um, part of what we're doing with, this, with, the, like with the west side, the current tread depth in the entire stadium, you know, when you sit seats and your knees are right in someone's back, 27 inches is the current tread depth. The west side is going to get expanded to beyond 33 inches. The east side, we can't uh, impact that tread depth. And so our plan is right now, we're going to put a a seat bottom. It's a mesh seat bottom that marks someone's seat to get everyone off of the bleacher seat and and mark their, uh, you know, the the seat. Uh, But we won't be adding chair backs specifically just because of that tread depth. And we don't want to force people to have that uh, as an issue. But we do think, you know, getting people off of the metal bleacher and defining that seat will be an added bonus. So and it will be a wider seat? Wider seat than currently is there. Wants to know about Ireland. Wants to know if uh, there's going to be a booster presence in Ireland. Are you going to be making your way over there, Stephen? Yeah, absolutely. I I would say uh, the events in Ireland, I think all you have to do is walk outside and you will hear the war chant. And just follow the sound, and that'll be the events in Ireland. Because, you know, I was lucky enough last summer, uh, I was over there at the end of the booster cruise, and when we uh, were there, and the area where all those, you know, uh, pubs and bars are, it, it really feels like a college town. And it's really uh, awesome. And I think, you know, the the number of Knowles that are going to be there, uh, I think that's the event that's going to happen, and, and we're going to play a football game. 
but we will have through the, the the travel packages and other things, we'll have some you know specific booster events related to that. But I think by, by and large, we're all going to be, you know, in, in one of those areas, uh, you know, just having a great time watching the Knowles play in Ireland. And what, uh, Tom, isn't there uh, Bjorn Werner is going to be doing an event that we're going to be part of, right? That is correct. That That's going to be a, a, a very nice game day atmosphere where it's around, uh, it's a, ticketed event for 2000 Seminoles fans in addition to all the pubs wow. that we're going to be at war- yeah we're going to see a lot of each other i think uh, yeah. uh, when we're over there uh, Ira, that's, you're that's, be- that's good uh, yeah i'm just looking forward to uh trying to stay out of trouble um on, on that on the, to- <laughs> on the uh the the topic of um going back just to follow up on that last question again i keep like going back to two questions ago though and I, you may have said this but i didn't catch it but i want to clarify for people so if you give even if you if you don't even join the, the 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 coaches club, can't you designate money just to a sport? Can't you give a gift like yes. I want my money to go to soccer? I don't yeah. want to or whatever. Is that yeah. that works too, right? Yeah, in the coaches club, you can definitely designate which sport you want your money to go to. Gotcha. So um, you know, so the annual fund is a is a general annual okay. annual fund, okay. and uh, the coaches club is specific to the sport that you would like to support and then nil can be general you know the battles end or you can select your sport and i think we'll have some more news on the battles end and how that's going to operate because again we can talk about it and market it uh we just can't onboard the money gotcha the questions from folks in the chat now here's a lighthearted one somebody's uh snooping in the background there steven eddie wants to know where do we get the bobby art in the background <laughs> that is an impressive painting where where uh, do you find that yeah so, so uh, that's a dangerous question, Eddie. So, um, so that that painting came from our Bowden Society uh, opening night when we announced it, and uh, it was actually painted upside down uh, live, and then he flipped it around, and everybody's like, "Oh my gosh, it's Coach Bowden!" And so, it is a uh, Bowden Society print, and uh, it, it's part of the the Bowden Society is where that that print comes. So, if you were definitely interested, email me, and um, we can figure that out. And uh, for all Bowden Society members, I think they may see that that print in the future in some point. So, that what is, is your? Why don't you tell the your email address if people want oh, to contact sure. you directly? Yeah, it's it's Stephen S T E P H E N period ponder P O N D E R at fsu dot edu. Stephen dot ponder at fsu dot edu. Can I ask one more general question, Tom? I could see it. You wanted to ask one? Go for it. Go so. Ahead. And Steve, so Stephen, you've uh, you've been here for a few years now, uh, and you worked at several different athletic departments. Is there you've been here long enough? I th- you definitely have the feel, and you know everybody, you know the players, and all that. Um, is there anything that has like what's been a big takeaway since you've been at Florida State in terms of what 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 you know animates donors? What 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 yeah. really matters? I guess. Yeah, I would say that the number one thing for me is I watched. Florida State from afar. I was on the other sideline, got my tail kicked in Dope Campbell Stadium. I told Charlie Ward it was 62 to three and it was 12 noon and I got crushed. Uh, and so, uh, but my heart and passion are with Florida State. Uh, you can't be around this place and not be 100% in. And every day, that's what, you know, my wife and I are every day in this. Um, so I love this place. I love the passion of this place. Um, I would say that the thing that that hits me the most is that from a competitive standpoint, Florida State can win. And obviously with women's soccer most recently, we can win and compete for national championships in every sport. Now, we're, we, there's some work to do in some, but we have the ability ability to do that. The second thing is the, the size of our fan base, 
alums and and fans. Um, you know, I had somebody tell me when I first got here, they weren't sure that from a from a, a fundraising standpoint, we had the chops to compete with others. And I'm like, uh, after being here, we, we definitely have the chops to compete. Our fans are very loyal. Uh, the boosters are, are generous. And we have the ability with the number of fans we have. Our biggest challenge is getting to them all from a staff perspective. And that's really what we're trying to do is up and down every coast around the state of Florida, you know, Alabama, We've, we've got, uh, you know, people that live all over the state that work for Seminole Boosters uh, in Atlanta. And we want, uh, you know, from a, uh, I guess from a, a connection standpoint, we want to talk to people in Denver and L.A. and, you know, wherever that want to support Florida State. Even if they don't buy season tickets, people can make an annual fund contribution. They can make a coaches club gift. Um, but, you know, the passion around the total uh, Florida State athletics is, I mean, you feel it. Um, and so I, I just, I love every part about it. Don't let the name fool you, Stephen. Uh, this is Gator Kirk, one of the biggest Knowles oh. that we have on, on the boards. But uh, <laughs> I was going to say, Gator has emailed me before. Yes. Okay. <laughs> well, he wants to know about uh, gear, the swag, yep. Nike apparel. Any updates sure. on, on select Nike apparel for booster purchase? That's so funny because I, I emailed Gator back and I was like, you got to tell me the story on the name. Uh, but, uh, and he and I, he, he emailed me this question, I think a couple months ago, and I am working on that. It's a, it's a harder answer, uh, than one might think because of the lead times on trying to order some of this stuff. Uh, so Gator, I'll get back with you on that one. So I appreciate it. I like that. He's following up on a live setting. Like, you know, he's turning the light bulb on you. Uh, <laughs> and the good news is I did respond to him because that's better. So. Yeah, you can't hide from him. Florida man in Texas wants to know, are the Chiefs staying in the north end zone for 2024 or are they going to move back to their old spot? Any plans for where the Chiefs go? Yeah, they're going to stay where they are and um, they, they will be there because last year we put in uh, um, some, some seating in that in that area. Um, but one thing on the Chiefs, we're going to be announcing soon that the coaches clubs that we have, we're going to be adding the marching Chiefs to our coaches clubs oh, wow. to be able to raise money for them for away games and other things. Uh, and I know the athletics department is working with the, you know, the marching chiefs on their physical location where they are, but they're going to stay in the same location. They're fantastic. And man, they make it home and away. Uh, they're vital. That's, that's worked out so well. I mean, they, you know, when they moved them, I wasn't sure, but you know, having them next to the students, I think is, is yeah. really worked out really well. I'm yeah. glad they're being added to the coaches clubs. I'm sure Dr. Plack is fired up about that too. Yeah. That's, yeah. That's I don't great. know if I was supposed to announce that yet, but I did. So we'll All keep right. it. Between, it's just between us. It's just that's between right. us and, and uh, four or 500 people here that are watching. Yeah, that's right. That's right. Uh, let's see. Chris wants to know, he's a tier four ticket holder. Does, uh, when should he be expected to be contacted? Yeah. You know, we're, we're um, basically talking to 150 people per week that we're releasing. We've got 1,250 to go. Now, it, uh, in, in the next tier, then we're going to be getting to tier four. So my, my hope is, and again, you know, I, I can't predict exactly, but my hope is that at the end of March, um, we'll, we'll be at tier four. And so I just say stay tuned and we're trying to go as fast as we can. But we always talk to our staff about this, that while they may be presenting information to for the hundredth time, it's the first time that person's heard it. So we can only, you know, we want to make sure that we're genuine and, and locked in on every visit. So we're, we're going to stay steady on that process. But specifically on this, my hope is that by, you know, April, we'll be at tier four. 
We've got a couple of questions that are kind of sim- similar. One from Richard, one from Hayden. I'll put the one from Hayden up. I know this is a really long-term question, but was the thought just about the future? This is the stadium renovations uh, being right after 2025, or was there a thought about any changes in the 2030s or 2040s? So w- was there a long-term, hey, in case we ever wanted to do this later on, yeah. part of the math that you guys did as you were you know, cultivating a plan? Yeah, I think, uh, I mean, again, I, I don't know that I can, um, I, I think that there is an ability for us, if we want to add in the future, we could, um, you know, that is a, a possibility for us. But I think for the short term right now, our focus is on, you know, what you're going to see in 2025 um, and um, and not on the, the, the race for seats, um, you know, because college athletics, I mean, you know, we all watch what everybody else does. There are some markets that can do it um, better than others. Um, ours, for where we are, we think that with Doe Campbell Stadium being the size that we're, we're, where we're going to, the game day experience and everything associated, we're going to be in great spot. But the door is not shut on what could happen by any means. But we're, uh, you know, we really want to focus on it being the biggest and I mean, the, the best ex- game day experience you can have and not necessarily just the biggest. Yeah, I wanted to say one thing on that, the seating size, um, the stadium capacity side. Um, that has been something we hear a lot. People are like, mm-hmm. why would we go down from 82,000? Because it went from 82,000 to high 70s when they put in the Champions Club, and now right. it's going to go you know, lower in the 70s uh, when this is all said and done. Um, the one thing, two things I want to say, I, I, I want to say, and then you can follow up. But one is I had a conversation with an administrator at FSU back in the early 2000s, and this is probably in the mid-2000s, and they were telling me at the time, we, if we probably should have never expanded as, as big as we did. Like they were at that point in the mid 2000s, they were already thinking maybe we went too big because when they expanded to that size, it was in the middle of the dynasty. Right. And you are going to get people from for, for wherever. Plus, the TV experience was different. Plus, people had to be at games. It just everything mm-hmm. was, you know, there's so many things about our lives that were different in the 80s and 90s than they became in the 2000s. So, so from that standpoint, it feels like the, the trend has been going smaller for a while for most people, but then people do see Tennessee's got a hundred something thousand people and they see Michigan with a hundred. And so, but the geography of Tallahassee is a challenge too, right? So I mean, if you could just talk a little bit more about that. Yeah. I think, you know, again, if we, if we were chasing size and we just did it and said, that's what we're going to do. Um, it's one thing, but I think back to the point on, uh, on, from a planning standpoint, you know, we wanted to build the right size stadium based on our history. And so, you know, we had a long discussion with our, with our board and some former players about what it was like in the eighties, what it was like in the nineties, the two thousands. Um, and like you said, the TV experience was different because it used to, you could watch one game at this time, one game at that time. And so you have to, you had to be at the games, um, TVs have changed. Home, everybody at home, uh, you know, and I get it. I mean, it, it, travel, hotel cost here, and they're a real issue for people to travel in uh, for games. Yeah. And so we went back and looked at uh, a ton of data related to what the sold ticket was, uh, announcement or the sold tickets for the games were, were, what was the scan number, and what was the announce number. Because we wanted to see. And if people remember the Notre Dame game, I want to say now two years ago, three years ago, we're here. Um, you know, th- that crowd that we had in there is going to be literally about the same number that we're going to have in 2025, same number. Now, we announced 79,000, which is what we're, our announced attendance is, 
but I just tell you around the country when people do that, they're, you know, you don't know if they're announcing on distributed or scanned. And so we don't want to get distracted by, you know, Hey, what, what, what size of our stadium? Because we want to get the best experience possible. It's going to be loud. Our fans are going to be loud. The, uh, uh, the game in Orlando in our last, last year at the cheese it bowl, we kick off against LSU. You know, it was in the high fifties, low sixties, that game. And it was really loud. And so, um, for a lot of factors, the region, et cetera, where we are, uh, just the, the global trends, uh, around the country, there are, uh, and again, you've mentioned them. I mean, Tennessee and Penn state and some other sizes where they go, but even some of them, they're taking out seats right now and putting in premium seats. They're reducing their capacity. Now they're reducing it from 106 to 102, but that's what they are reducing. So I get the, the, yeah. the numbers there. Um, but it, you know, for us, we want to uh, just be the best we can be. And I'll just tell you from a marketing standpoint, the value of season tickets, the value of a ticket is set on the last ticket sold, not the first one. And so if there are empty seats, it just erodes and erodes. And so we want to have a sold out place and it'd be hard to get into and be a hard place to play for our visitors. Uh, you might not say it, Stephen, but uh, I think uh, our friends to the south of Miami, they lean on that tickets distributed and announced crowd rather than the scanned, the scanned <laughs> tickets. Uh, so, yeah, you, you want those numbers to all line up. Um, Eddie yeah. with the contribution, he's following back up. Eddie's uh, $10 closer to the Bowden Society. I know he's got a long way to go, but uh, in honor of Mr. Ponder getting 9,000 emails. From the <laughs> on the Thanks, Eddie. Thank I appreciate you. it. Uh, Southern hey, Wilson. On that note, what he put in there, the I think he put nine ninety nine. I mean, it, that's that's hilarious. But I appreciate it, Eddie. All right, go ahead. <laughs> so Southernmost Seminole uh, wants to know about the Spirit Spear. Can, can the Spirit question. Spear ever come back? What do you say? Yeah, great question. Great question, Michael. Uh, we've talked about this, and so just uh, tell me, it, it is on the docket in terms of discussions about it and what it might look like and all that. But again, you know, I know fans love that, but you know the the. Again, when that was in and what scoreboards look like now. Yeah. Uh, but just know that it's it's being discussed. And I'm not saying it's coming back, but I'm just saying it's being discussed. And I know fans love it. And uh, it's pretty cool. So it, it is funny. If you think about what the stadium looked like at the time mm -hmm. when the Spirit Spear was there, and if you just plucked it back on top of what, what it's going to look like in 2005, might not fit um, right. exactly. But, uh, but no, it was definitely super popular. Yeah. No, I agree. That's that awesome. concludes the uh, the YouTube chat section. Uh, so I, I I wanted to ask Stephen. There was one question. I, I can't find it here in uh, in the Tribal Council, but uh, we had a member asking, "Do you think that uh, when 2025 kicks off, and that's a big football game here in, in, in Tallahassee at Doe Campbell, I think that's a conference game? Just a pure oh. speculation." <laughs> <on your part. laughs> All right. Good being with y'all. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> hey, look, I, I, you know, it's kind of the, I guess the, the elephant in the other corner, right? Is yeah. that is all the, the stuff. And, you know, all I can say is that, you know, the university leadership, they're, they're fighting hard for Florida state. And uh, it's part of the equation for us from a competitive standpoint that we have equal footing. And so I just, you know, they're going to push and we're behind them, and uh, I don't know what's going to happen, but it's a great question. I wish I could answer it, but I don't have an answer for it. Well handled. Ira, any final questions from you? No, I'm good. Stephen, I appreciate the time, and I know um, I'm sure there are people watching this who uh, appreciate it, and there are probably other people who are still not going to be happy, uh, but maybe when you sit down with them in person, um, you know, you can kind of explain it and 
you know, at least like, like you said earlier, you may not be able to make them totally happy, but you can at least let them understand the real information and why you guys are doing what you're having to do. So I appreciate you coming in and uh, trying to take uh, some time with that. Oh, absolutely. I'll tell you that, um, like I said, every conversation, it's the first conversation we've had about this because it doesn't matter what somebody else thinks. It matters who the person we're talking to thinks because it's their story. And, uh, and so I, um, like, I, I, I just specifically, I got a letter during the season from somebody and, and he, he was one that was getting tickets through his aunt. He's not a booster. And he wrote me a really, really long letter and just said, according to my aunt. And so he repeated a bunch of numbers and they weren't accurate. And I was like, Hey, just meet me at the game on Saturday. And so, you know, one of our staff members met him here and we talked through it and after it was over. He's like, look, I don't hundred percent agree with what you're doing, but at least I understand it now and I'm going to do something. And that's all we can ask for. Uh, and so for everybody, I just appreciate your patience with it. Uh, again, if you've got questions, please email me. Uh, and if I don't email back, uh, I mean, I'll email you back for sure. But if you want to have a conversation, we'll have somebody follow up with you, but I will respond to you. Um, but I just appreciate the support. You know, it takes a village uh, to, for, to, to support the athletics department at large. Uh, everybody's got different interests and we want all those interests to be met. And so we give options for people to give. But I just want to encourage people, if you're not a Seminole Booster annual fund donor or given to the coaches club or given to the battles in, please do so. Because, you know, we can only get stronger together. And uh, that that's you know, what we're, we're after every single day. So I appreciate the support and uh, thanks for having me on. And you know, like, and like you said, I mean, so the people it's $70 a year people can give, right? Mm-hmm. That's right. That's right. Steven, is that the correct email contact for you right there? Did I, did I, you stop? got it. Okay. You got stop. it. I don't have my glasses on, but it looks good. So, yeah, that's right. That's Steven right. Dot Ponder. Yeah. For, uh, for further questions for Stephen Ponder, president and CEO of Seminole Boosters, that is the email at the bottom of the screen. If you're listening via podcast, it is S-T-E-P-H-E-N dot P-O-N-D-E-R at F-S-U dot E-D-U. We'll uh, see if uh, maybe somebody on the staff can redirect those to your staff, but but uh, no, we, they're going to start with you. And that's fine with me. And, I, and honestly, I, I want the emails because, I mean, I will respond. But, you know, again, uh, the more people we have that get involved, the better off we all are. And, uh, you know, just from a competitive standpoint and uh, everything. So, again, I think, you know, the, kind of the definition of family, you don't always have to agree on everything. But, I mean, you're family and that's what we are, you know. And so I, I just appreciate everybody, uh, your support. And uh, thanks again for having me on tonight. Safe drive home tonight, Stephen. I know you're still at the office there. The road should be fairly empty for you on the way home. That's right. Thank That's you right. very much for your time. And uh, Irish Affell, thank you for your time. For director Ben Spicer behind the scenes, my name is Tom Lang. Head to warchant.com for more discussion about tonight's town hall. And if you joined us late, feel free to start it again. The DVR function will be available for you on Facebook and YouTube at the conclusion of the video. Uh, good night, everybody. We will talk to you next time on Warchant TV. Go Knowles. Thanks, Thanks you. See you.